Brianna. I'm here with Meg. And today we're going to be discussing the TED Talk, The Magic of Not Giving a Fuck by Sarah Knight. And it is all about not giving a fuck, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I ran into this. Uh, it's, it's not a new TED Talk. So some of you out there, I'm sure, have probably already seen it. And it's phenomenal. So if you have not watched it, I highly recommend going to watch it. Um, but it talks about how like giving a fuck is kind of like equating it, as she says, to your time, your energy, and your money. And she breaks it down to say that like anytime you give a fuck about something, you are giving either your time, your energy, or your money towards it. Um, and so it's this really great way of conceptualizing your time, you know, and like your day and the things that you put your energy behind and the things that you put your money behind. Um, and so we're here today just to kind of discuss our thoughts on it. But I do yeah. highly recommend going to check out the video. She goes a lot deeper into this. But yeah, we'll we'll just share anecdotally yeah. kind of how what we've gotten and gleaned from this. One of my favorite parts was right in the beginning when she talked about the Fox um was how it's sort of a mental, it's a mental, it is a mental decluttering and that mm -hmm. we can declutter our physical spaces and it will last for a little while, but it doesn't really change anything. Whereas when we take the time to declutter our mind and become more clear there, it can begin to really change our actions, which then changes like our circumstances. And so her, one of the first things she said is to realize like to, in order to, to do this, you need to identify what you don't give a fuck about. And then you have to stop giving a fuck about it. <laughs> yeah. And she, she said like, consider that you have a fuck budget, you know, and you have mm -hmm. fuck bucks. Right. And so and I, I'm going to apologize now. We're going to keep saying fuck. So if that turns you off to this episode, I'm so sorry. Go check out one of our other lovely episodes where we don't curse as much. <laughs> Um, but or follow somebody who's not from New Jersey, bitches. <laughs> we say fuck a lot, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not the podcast for you, fucker. Anywho, <laughs> um, back to not giving a fuck. Yes. So <laughs> yes, you have what is in essence your fuck budget. So during your week, you have to give, you know. 40 hours to work and like Deanna said, you break it down into the things that you actually have to give a fuck about at work. Um, and so Sarah mentions kind of things like extraneous activities that you don't care about. Like if it's a going away party for a coworker that you didn't really like, you don't have to go to that. You can say no to it. Uh, the key here though that she does point out that I think is important and makes it different from other ways that people talk about this is she says that you can give no fucks as long as you are honest and polite about it. So let's say you get invited to that party, as she mentions. She says, as long as you are honest and upfront about it and you say ahead of time, you know what? I can't really make this. Thank you anyways for the invite. You've done, you've done your due diligence. You were honest. You were polite. You can't make it. End of story. Now, if you say yes to going to the party and then you come up with excuses as to why you can't go, then you're just being an asshole. You know, and that's the difference there is that you can give fucks about something and you cannot give fucks about something, but you should be honest and polite when you do not give a fuck. Yeah, because it, otherwise people, it's like she said, um, and as, she, <clears throat> as Sarah said in the TED Talk and as I think that we all can 
no from life is that when people start saying no or turning things down or not giving a fuck, it's sort of the recipe to be an asshole. And it is that fine line of, yes, you have to put yourself first and, you know, spend your energy accordingly. But if you wait until the last minute to to do that, if you, you know, or if you make up excuses, then you are being an asshole. Whereas you need to be upfront with people right away or as soon as you know what your decision is. So I thought, yeah, that was definitely the key, <laughs> the key to it. Um, another part of it is I think that understanding that or being unapologetic about the choice is really important to not giving a fuck as well, you know, and not being sorry <laughs> that you don't care about something. And that's what she said, too, you know. Yeah. Yeah, she said it's the not sorry method. And by being honest mm-hmm. and being polite, you can be unapologetic. And it's okay if you don't like X, Y, or Z and you don't want to spend your time in it. Because think about it. Like most adults, we have a 40-hour work week. Some of you have kids at home. You know, you have other things that are going on in your life. It's like we, we just can't always give everything of ourselves. And sometimes we just want time to ourselves, And it is okay to say no to the things that we don't want to do. You're allowed to do that. And I think we're so conditioned to like – and we just did a podcast on this. Go check it out. But we're so conditioned to be polite and to like show up for others and put others' needs before ours. But it's like you don't need to do that. You don't need to. You can choose to. If you have the energy or the time to spend on it and you care to do that, you can. But it is not required of you to do that. I think it's honestly detrimental to a person to do that. I don't think anybody really has that excessive energy time or money to always be – to like always be expending that out towards other people as opposed to living your own authentic life. You know, one of the – this party that Sarah gives it as an, as an example, she, you know, she has a person who really loves Game of Thrones and they get invited to a party on the night that Game of Thrones is being, that's how you know this is, you know, an old, an old <laughs> TED talk. She was talking yeah. about Game of Thrones, <laughs> you know, and this person would rather stay home and watch Game of Thrones than go to this dinner party. And so if when they get the invite, they're like, oh, I can't make it that night. No, thank you right away, you know, because they know they would rather watch Game of Thrones as opposed to either hem-hawing about it or being like, yeah, I'll be there because as in our last podcast, the plight is problematic. They felt they had to be polite. And then at the last minute, they're so uncomfortable. They really don't want to do it. Nothing about going to this party makes them feel good. And they come up, you come up with some sort of excuse to back out of it so you can watch your Game of Thrones. That's what's going to make you the asshole. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. There's definitely like, and I mean, I think we've we've covered well what kind of Sarah was trying to conceptualize here. So I think we can move into like our own anecdotal experiences of this. But I absolutely agree with that. Like think about, you know, if ever you're throwing a party and somebody says yes and then like literally last minute they tell you no. It's like you've put in energy to plan for this person being there to maybe take into, you know, consideration their dietary needs or like timing or whatnot. And it's like now y- – the person never really wanted to go in the first place, felt bad saying no, but now they've come up with an excuse or a last minute and like they've just interrupted the night. You know, it just don't be that person. And I we've all been that person. I, I don't think there's anybody out there who has never done that to somebody. But I think just moving forward, being aware of that and, and realizing it's okay to say no ahead of time at the proper time. If you know you don't want to do it, just say no. It's okay. Like we're all adults here. 
you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, if it's not a fuck yes, it is a no. And you, I people need to start saying yes to themselves more often. And something that when you're saying yes to somebody else and saying yes to something that you don't want to do, you're saying no to yourself. And people, we have to put ourselves first, you know? That's really the only way to not only truly be able, I think, to give to others, but to truly live your own life is to to give to yourself, to do what makes you happy, to spend your, your fuck bucks in a way that, you know, holds a lot of value to you, as opposed to spending them on dinner parties you don't want to go to or whatever obligations that, you know, you're, you're agreeing to that you don't want to. And it's interesting because it's like, it's not all black and white, you know, like it's not as easy as doing that because there are certain things like, I know when I'm in weddings, like you're expected to go to the bridal shower, you're expected to go to the bachelor party, yada, yada, yada. And so it, it, sometimes you do have to do things. I feel like just in my own personal opinion, you, you are expected to show up and you probably should show up even if you don't really want to, because you agreed to being part of this person's bridal party. You know, like it's just, it's, I think it goes along with it. So you kind of know what you're signing up for. So in that aspect, I don't think yeah, you can always just... Yeah, but you can say just... no to being in the bridal party. You too. can. Absolutely. You, know? yeah. you can. But that's, I think, a little harder. Like, there's certain... I don't... You can say no. But it's just that I can't imagine myself saying no to a friend if they ask me. But that's that's my own issue, you know? <laughs> well, it's your own choice. And, that's, and everyone views yeah. things differently. And that's the thing. Whereas you... It wouldn't... To you, it would feel wrong to say no if somebody asked you to be in a bridal party, whether you wanted to be in it or not, mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever. And and that's for, that's great. So then that's where you're willing to spend that those fuck bucks, that time, that energy, that money is being there for that friend. And even though it doesn't, it's not a full yes, I, I agree with you. There are those times where, you know, you – you know, just like most of my jobs have not been a fuck yes, <laughs> but I still go. We still have to go. We do have responsibilities, obligations, you know, that we have to handle. But for me, it would be worse for me to say yes to that, to a friend being in their bridal shower and doing all those things, knowing that I didn't want to, than to say no. Because, and I, I'm pretty sure it was in the TED Talk, but it, I've watched so many advice talks in my life that um, I'm pretty sure it was in this one where she said walk through the scenario of doing what it is that you don't want to do and how you're going to feel and so if I were to be doing all of these things in some you know in somebody's wedding or whatever or whatever thing I said yes to and I imagine myself going to these bridal showers, going to the baby shower, you know, and bringing that, like, I don't want to be their energy. This isn't really going to be fun. Um, it's not my vibe. Then isn't the person going to feel that? Isn't that, like, I would feel bad that my friend would know, like, she doesn't really want to be here. You know, she can't, she doesn't have the, I don't, she's not showing up fully. I wouldn't be able to show up fully. I guess is what I'm trying to say with that. So it's just like a difference in people. Like for you, that's where your your line is. You know, like you have, want to say yes and you're going to. Whereas for me, for the like that situation, it would be worse to say yes and better for me to say no. And yeah. then I think 
for then and you have to not give a fuck that that's exactly what's going to happen is some people are not going to be okay with your decisions and your mm-hmm. choices and they're going to think like hey diana you're a really bad friend because you said no to throwing the baby shower and you know and you didn't want to melt candy bars and diapers <laughs> and i would just be like oh if you if you feel that way like you have every right to feel that way i i i don't know it's it's inter like it, it gets tricky, you know, like when you break yeah. it down, it seems so easy when Sarah's explaining it, but it's like, yeah, when you translate it into real life, you really have to and she does kind of mention this, is like write out what's important to you, write out what your hard like yeses are and things like that. And I think it's interesting because I'm sure it's so different for each person, you know, what their priority are, what they choose to prioritize, you know, um, over other people. And so I think it kind of opened my eyes too to just like how you mentioned some people are not going to agree with your choices and it's like it kind of opens you up to be a little more maybe like empathetic or accepting or understanding that like other people have different priorities or different needs like my friends with kids have different priorities and needs than me and my single friends you know um somebody who's older has different needs than somebody who's younger it just there's a lot to take in there yeah yeah and you're never going to please everybody. And so why try? Why not try to please yourself and those and then the people that are most important, the obligations that are most important to you. You know, you'll have more energy, more time and more money to put into those more of those fuck bucks. Whereas when you're saying yes or if I you know saying yes to all these situations that you don't want to say yes to, I'm still not gonna I'm still not making everybody happy there's gonna be people that think well you should have said no to that you know Mm -hmm. you didn't really even want to be there somebody else would have been a better bridesmaid somebody else would have melted Kit Kats instead of Snickers you know (laughs) you can't make everybody happy yeah so I think that's also a really important thing of not giving a fuck is understanding that because it doesn't matter what your decision is whether it's a yes whether it's a no it's not going to be the same as every, like, you and I, we're not going to agree on every single thing. And it doesn't make either one of us wrong or right. <laughs> it just makes it our choice. And that, yeah. that to me is the tr- art of, like, truly not giving a fuck is being unapologetic about those choices in life. And, and well, and not being an asshole about them, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and it's, it's interesting because she kind of came to this realization and, what kind of made me think that this is a really great time to do this podcast, like this particular episode, uh, is because she's kind of in a boat where I feel like a lot of people are finding themselves now where she said she had worked really hard at her job for like 15 years, worked her butt off to get where she was in her career. And then she just like realized that she was super unhappy. And there's been constant reports in the news of saying that like this, this past year, the pandemic and everything has made people realize like what's really important to them. And like, you know, now that people are getting back on their feet, a lot of people are resigning from their jobs because they've realized like either A, I don't want to be doing this. B, I can find a company that will allow me to work from home because it is clearly possible, not for every job, but for most jobs, you know, Um, or C, my priorities have changed. And so she kind of came to this realization, but I think a lot of people are coming to this realization now. And so, so now it's just aligning, you know, your what's important to you and where you're going to spend your time, energy, and money and how you're going to move forward from there. Absolutely. I feel like I saw it in my own life when I quit my job a few years ago. People just 
even like my coworkers were very confused as to what why I was doing that. And I just thought I can't personally I was just like I don't want to continue on this path because there is I'm not happy. I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> Nothing, you know, I'm not going to be happy suddenly with this position moving up in the company. There wasn't, I didn't want my boss's job, you know, Yeah. that said more to me than anything. And, and, you know, it really did lead to that, this kind of breakthrough. And I went through my own struggles through it. And I'm at a point now where it's like, okay, um, the choices that I'm making in my career and for my life are no longer what was expected of me or what was sort of the blueprint of society, but now completely off of what feeds my soul. And it took a while to get there and it wasn't really fun, <laughs> especially with 2020 and whatnot. But personally, there's I, I'm feeling empowered in work in a way that I never did working for somebody else. Um, and so I just, I really, yeah, I love, I wish I, you sent it to me years ago, probably because I watched it this time through and I told you, I was like, oh, I've definitely seen that. I've seen this before. I knew instantaneously. And yet it didn't really settle into my mind because I never had it in my head that this is what I was doing, mm -hmm. you know, and now empathizing with other people that are also going through that as I, you know, as I continue to, but exactly realizing that their everyday world what we've been conditioned to do, how society has taught us to work and how much we give to work as opposed to our personal life or to ourself is really unsustainable. And most it's making most people unhappy, unhappy. And they just give too many fucks about what other people think. Yeah. You know, or how things look on the outside. Well, and I think they're still stuck in this like rigid mentality of like how you were taught. Like my parents always taught me and it's not bad advice, but it just doesn't always make sense for everyone. Um, but it was like, you should never quit a job before having your next job. And that may be true for some people, but some people may be able to swing it where they quit their job and then they search for their job because that just works for some people. So I think it's, and there's other instances of things like that, but it's, it's not staying so rigid. Like, yeah, you can take your you know, generations before you advice, but I think it's taking that advice and fitting it to how that actually works within your life and not holding that as like the end all be all of how you do things. Yeah. We got to live our own authentic lives and not give a fuck so much about what that looks like or what other people think it should look like or what they, they want it to look like because you're not living for me. You're not making your decisions to make me happy and my life easier and my life better. Why would I be living my life in that manner for others or for a freaking company? And uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, just, that's not going to do it for me. You know? Yeah. You know? And I just accept. I don't know. My whole thing is just being accepting. Like it's made me the more unapologetic that I have been unapologetic um, and like ownership of myself and my choices that I've been able to take. Like you said, the more empathetic I am towards others and the more understanding, I'm like, oh, well, that those decisions don't really make sense to me. That's not how I would do it, but it, they don't need to do it how I would do it. And I don't judge them for it. I understand that they're living their life to their own their own standards, you know? You know what I'm saying? They're living mm -hmm. their life to their own standards. They're doing things for themselves. It does not have to make sense to me, and I don't have to judge it in any manner. And through that, then I've released, like, so now if people start to judge me for my decisions, I care, I give a lot less fuck about it. I don't care so much. So it's this beautiful 
sort of like symmetry of like once you start to like not care what others think, you start to understand what they think or understand their decisions more and and how they're just moving through life in their best way. And then that translates to you caring even less about what others think about you and your choices. It yeah, it's definitely an interesting topic. Um, just because it can it can go so many different ways. You know, like just even between the two of us, like you said, we would make different decisions. And so it does. It's very eye opening. Um, and I love that, like, she kind of blew up her world. And that was something she was able to do. You know, not everybody can do that, but she blew up her world. And, like, now she's doing something she loves, you know. And mm-hmm. it's it's awesome that she was able to recognize that she could do that. And then she actually took the steps to do it. I think a lot of people get scared about, like, conforming or like making the choices like you said giving a fuck about what other people think instead of making those risky choices and again I know not everybody can make those risky choices based on you know their situations but I don't know if you can I I think you should try well even if you don't like don't give a fuck that you're not taking risky choices because if it's what is right for you yeah then Mm -hmm. that's That's what I want people to own and that's where it's at like it is okay it is one I I I would define myself as a bit of a free spirit and a risk taker in a lot in some ways and I have noticed that there have been people throughout my life that have come into contact with me and it's this friction that because I live my life differently Mm mm-hmm that they may think I hold judgment for them hold for living a more rigid life or I don't want to say that they think I hold a judgment, but I have noticed that I, I guess maybe I notice that within people is that they'll have this, like they're scared that they're being judged for being more rigid or more role followers or wanting the security. Like I'm not going to quit my job until I have another job. End of story. I'm not going to move to it, you know, I'm not going to take any big risks because I want the security. They want to know what the next step is. What And that's beautiful and that's perfect. And that's, if that's your truth, then live it and own it. And that I think is the true art of not giving a fuck is no matter what your truth is, whether it's the big risk or the no risk, you own it. And that's where you put your time, your energy, and your money into. That's where you spend your, your fucks. There's another book that I've also read, which is a similar concept that's the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Uh, I don't remember who wrote it, but I read it a few years ago. And it's it's kind of similar in this where he kind of talks about his experience of growing up and just kind of like doing the shit he needs to do for him and not really living life according to other people's rules because what works for one person doesn't work for another person. And just recognizing like you live your life, I'm going to live my life. And as long as we are honest and polite and respectful, then great. Good on you. Yeah. Right. As long as you're not physically harming somebody in heating onto their, their rights, harming someone, then it does not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Live your best life. Um, <laughs> and the author is Mark Manson on the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Thank you. Um, yeah. I think people would know that. It's a rather, I thought it was a rather popular book when it came out. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it was pretty popular. It has like a bright orange cover. You can't miss it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I definitely love that like in my 30s, 
you know, I've, I've started watching more TED Talks when I turned 30. That was like my ritual on Saturdays. I would like watch a TED Talk and drink my coffee. And like, I don't do it so much now because I'm a little bit busier. But uh, I did love just like kind of expanding my mind. And like, I feel like that comes with age. You know, I feel like some 20 year old is not going to be out there giving less fucks, you know, just like, I don't know. I feel like it comes with age. It comes with knowing yourself. And some people know themselves faster than others, but I definitely think it's taken a while for me at least to get to this place where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to say no to that and I'm going to feel okay about it, you know? Absolutely. I think it does. You're right. It comes with wisdom and maturity in a lot of ways to really master this art or to live in the art of not giving a fuck. Um, I do say think that some of the generation, I think it's Gen Z is below us, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think some of those women have been raised to be a bit more assertive within whom they are. And they've been raised, I, I think we're we, not extremely different from us, but a little, like, I feel as if they've been taught to be a little bit less polite than we have. And I can actually see them. I have gotten a lot of inspiration and motivation from younger women who have really owned this. Um, I want to say, honestly, I want to say. Although I am with you, it wasn't, I don't want to say like at all, it wasn't until my 30s that I feel as if I fully have been owning this and not even fully yet. I still think it's going to be like, my, by the time I'm 40, it's the goal. It's the goal of not giving a fuck, you know, but it's definitely more in my 30s than it was in my 20s for sure. I've grown into it. I agree with you on that and just have learned more about who I really am and who I am outside of wanting to fit into the expectations of who I am. And that's been a very pivotal thing. Yeah. I think we see a lot of that too. And just like this idea of, you know, giving no fucks with a lot of people who aren't having kids, you know, like there's a lot of people our age who aren't having kids and like the generations before us are a little upset maybe with some decisions like that. And I think, you know, we're starting to stand up and be like, "Mm, no, we're not going to – I don't want to. I don't need to. That's not my goal in life, you know, if it's something that's Yeah, well, I have so great, many but. <laughs> more options than my our parents' generation. Like, our mothers had some options, but not, not a ton. They still needed a husband or a father to get the bank accounts for the most part, you know? Yeah. We have so many more options. And exactly, yeah, it, it, it's interesting because I definitely am someone who is very vocal about telling people I don't want kids. I've never wanted children – the majority of my have not wanted kids it's not a priority and it really I mean most times people tell like if they ask if I don't have kids one of the first responses I get is oh you're still young enough don't worry you'll still have them or it's gonna happen don't you worry um you know or gosh what are some other don't you want kids you'll change your mind you better hurry up I've gotten that one a few times you better hurry up you only have another couple years. Well, yeah. Put up pasture, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Before you're worthless. <laughs> I know it's coming. We should do a whole episode on being a woman turning uh, invisible. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. There's so much oh. we can talk about there. But, you know, like even just not even in that aspect, but just in the aspect of like, getting rid of toxic masculinity and allowing men to feel their emotions more and allowing women to be more assertive, you know, and, and not being as emotional. I, you know, 
tides are turning. It's kind of cool to see. But I think that also falls into like not giving a fuck anymore. Like, so what? I'm a guy who cries or like, so what? I'm a girl who like doesn't love, I don't know, makeup or whatever, <laughs> you know, but it just. Well, yeah. yeah, it's getting rid of those gender norms and the society box, like the societal boxes that we are placed into. I have yeah. to say that I have met very few men that feel as if they have been able to express themselves emotionally throughout their lives. Um, as when, And that's a real shame. Just like I have met, met very few women who feel as if they haven't been discriminated against because they are, are women in some way. Yeah. And so – we need that needs to switch, right? Men need to be able to express their emotions. That's that's much healthier. Mm-hmm. They are going to be a lot happier. Mm-hmm. Women are going to be a lot happier because if men learn how to communicate their emotions, express their emotions, process their emotions, they're going to be better men. They're going to be better human beings. I mean, not even just men. I think all of us could learn to yeah. express our emotions better. And some people out there are great at doing it, but some of us are not, you know, and it's just like learning to be in tune with yourself and how you're feeling. And again, pandemic, I think has forced a lot of people to address this, which it, it's it, it hit me in the face, you know, like, oh, shit. You know, I, I need to work through some stuff, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it was very – I think the pandemic was very confronting. It, mm-hmm. it made us confront ourselves, our lifestyles, our choices, and how precarious a lot of those things really were because when it came down to it, we had to cut out the excess in our lives, right, and realize, like, what is the very core of what – who are the people that are going to be in your bubble? Mm-hmm. You know, how is the job worth the risk of mm-hmm. getting sick or this and that? And so you had to like really come down to what's important to you. And once you realize what is important to you, you realize what's not important to you. And so that's where I think people are starting to say like, I don't give a fuck. Like there's a huge uh, amount of people that are quitting their jobs right now because like, we, we talked about this because of this. Because yep. of the pandemic, because they've been confronted with this, because they're realizing I only have so much time, energy, and money to give, and life can change in the blink of an eye. I better make it worth it mm-hmm. because none of us want to die and think on our deathbed, like, well, at least I showed up to work every day. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, I didn't it's take so any true. <laughs> You know, I mean, we were recording, um, your your roommate is sick and she feels bad that she can't be at work working, even though she's sick and it's outside of her circumstances. I honestly, I would feel the same way. You feel bad that you're putting other people out, right? That's what she really feels bad about. But at the same time, it's like, dude, it's just work. It's literally Mm -hmm. just the job, you know? And don't spend your money on it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't spend your time, money, or effort. Yeah. To some extent, you know, but uh, I mean, it's interesting because Iceland now, I don't know if you saw this, but they're adopting a four day work week. They've, they've been doing it. They've been testing it out, but they're like officially now going to a four day work week, which is awesome because they're, they're cutting down the amount of hours. Pay was not decreased. It's just the amount of hours that decreased. And they said that people are happier. They're um, more efficient. You know, they're getting work done, which I think would be really cool if America would adopt that. I yeah. 
don't think they will, but I don't Kickstarter, I don't know if that's an American company or not, but I know it's it's a smaller startup. They're considering adopting it uh in twenty twenty two. I was reading an article saying that uh they're gonna start doing that. Mm-hmm. And some other companies in other countries are are starting to like phase it in and test it. Um yeah. in, in other countries. I think it was Japan and I don't remember the other one, maybe Italy. Uh so I tides are turning. I mean I I yeah. think that's it's important because I think we're starting to realize the importance of like home life, work life balance, you know, and yeah. like remote working, not having to commute. You know, I know that's not possible for every job, but like if the pandemic has proved anything, it's possible for a lot of jobs to be remote working or at least partially remote working. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I before I quit my job, the first thing that I did was cut down to uh a four day work week. And it made a huge difference in my productivity and how I felt about my job in general and the energy. I had way more energy, way more enthusiasm, way more in creativity. Um, It ended up being short lived because the job really was just not for me. And Mm -hmm. there was nothing good left there. But I, I just, from then on out, I was, I mean, literally nearly every coworker, and, um, I only had one person, but my manager, she even created, she switched her schedule because it, you could see how much better the work, like it was, I was happier. I was working better. It worked and more people. Yeah. It just, it, it's, it's so interesting how such a little change can, can make such a big difference. And like, really, honestly, like, do these corporations need us working five days a week? No. I mean, there's so many office jobs I know of where, like, yeah, you're working, but you're not working the entire time. And people need socialization breaks. I'm not saying that we don't need them. But it's like, do we really need to spread all that work across five days? Probably not. We could probably be more effective. And then I think most of us would want that fifth day off. Yeah, I agree. I think more time off. I hate the whole, you know, people look forward to the weekend and then – they sleep all weekend or Mm -hmm. they dread the work week and they dread going back to their job. And it just, I don't know, for me personally, it was like, why quit? I could not, I could not do it. I was dreading going to work every day and I didn't want to live my life like that where it was, I would rather have sort of the risk of the unknown than the stability of knowing that I hated my days. I hated my days. You know, and uh, but did it take you prioritizing that, like recognizing what's important to you? Yes, it did. It it took me falling in love with yoga and falling down, moving down the path of becoming a Kundalini yoga teacher, meditation meditation teacher, and realizing that my passion was um, was elsewhere. That I was starting to follow a new career path, and as I moved towards that, my current position although very financially abundant and stable and it was it was a, actually it was a really great job in a lot of ways it was draining me it just i didn't have the energy to kind of to feed both and the job was taking so much from me that once i realized where my passion was where i want to bring my passion to where my purpose was i should say and where i want to bring my passion i couldn't bring any passion to my job and that wasn't fair to them and that wasn't fair to me and i know that i 
I wasn't going to be able to continue to show up at that job and the level that I was showing up. And that was going to be probably going to lead to me getting fired or something, you know, because <laughs> because I stopped giving a fuck about the job. Yeah. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. So I was just like, that's it. I quit. And I went from there. Um, but it did. It took me realizing where my purpose was, where I wanted to put my energy for me to realize that I gave no fucks about this and I couldn't continue to pretend that I, I had any fucks to give them. Hmm. Um, and that's why I said there was nothing left for me there. And I went through my own stuff and whatnot throughout that. And 2020 was interesting. But at this point in my life, at this point in my career now, it is, like I said, I'm starting to, I am more empowered and impassioned and purposeful than I've ever felt before in my work. And I feel as if I'm in a place now where I can truly actually make an impact. Um, and that's important to me because how I live has always been more important. Like how I live and how I feel has always been way more important to me than the stability I can get from a job. Uh, I really, I do, yeah. And I don't want to work at a desk. That's the other thing. <laughs> I, I just, I need, I've always chosen jobs that are like a mix of desk and something physical. And I, I just, I don't want to work at a desk. And so that's, yeah, it's just, yeah, that's what makes a difference is just like, yeah, I I wouldn't mind working at a desk as long as I enjoy the work that I'm doing. So it's mm-hmm. it's a lot like what Sarah said, you know, find the things that you give a fuck about and then put your time, energy, and money towards it. And mm-hmm. so I think that's a really great takeaway, you know, at least to be cognizant of like, where can you practice this? And maybe maybe you can't start off with doing everything in your life, but maybe in small ways you can start practicing like, oh, maybe I'll say no to this if I'm tired tonight. Or maybe I'll say yes to this because I know I really like it even though other people don't. So it, it's definitely something to put into practice. Yeah, I think you're right. It's something to put into practice. I think it's something that I – or I guess it's something that I am hopeful that people will continue. Like it's a trend that will continue. People choosing themselves over this capitalistic society that we live in, choosing themselves over any sort of maybe false security. Because I think that's something else the pandemic brought up is that people realized that they thought they had these stable jobs. They didn't want to leave the stability of where they were. And yet the pandemic showed us that it's, Again, it can change in the blink of an eye. And is it really that stable, somebody else signing your paycheck or – especially if you're not happy there. Yeah. So putting it into practice, I really hope that because I really want people just to be happy, man. We get like one life. Like, what's what's the point if you're not having fun? <laughs> I don't get it. That is my baseline for me in everything that I do. How fun is this? How much fun am I having? <laughs> it can't be all fun all the time but that is my baseline how do I know if I'm a success well am I having fun (laughs) you know what I mean like is this relationship working out am I having fun (laughs) you know it's like how's the date it's just all of the things what where's your fun level at and that that's that's at least that's my base level for stuff I'm doing my taxes am I having fun (laughs) (laughs) no but did I you know well we all have those necessary things I mean I've never had fun at the dentist office either but there are some things that but is having your taxes taken care of and not a worry fun Yes. Well, yes, it is. Fuck yes, it is. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, so sometimes, and this is something that 
I, people I think maybe get discouraged when they start to not give a fuck or they start doing what they want to do and things get difficult or don't immediately fall into place and they get discouraged like oh I shouldn't have shaken things up it's all falling apart or I made the wrong choice and it's like well sometimes you just you have to do those harder things to get the reward because the joy is on the other side of of being comfortable it's outside your comfort zone you know um and so not getting discouraged that you have to sit there and do your taxes in order to have your taxes done <laughs> yeah you've got to do those kind of stuff yes that's a good point and and sarah does make a point of that is there are some things that we need to do but when you have the option absolutely be spending your fuck bucks on things that you want to be putting your time your energy and your money towards so i think that's a great takeaway again make sure you go check out that uh youtube video it's under the ted talk again it's called the magic of not giving a fuck by sarah knight so go find it check it out we hope you enjoyed this episode if you are listening on apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a five-star rating we would love that and we'd also love to hear from you you know what are some things that you do give a fuck about what are some things that you want to start not giving a fuck about let us know find us on instagram at my ovaries made me do it we would love to hear your feedback on this uh as always stay happy stay healthy stay curious and we'll talk to you soon bye bye